And Ash Wednesday and Lent are not celebrated only in specific denominations. Uh, It's not just a Catholic or a Lutheran thing, but rather a time all Christ followers are encouraged to engage in, which I think is really cool. So the aim of our Ash Wednesday service tonight is to meditate on our, our mortality, sinfulness, and our need for a Savior, to renew our commitment to daily repentance, and to remember with confidence and gratitude that Jesus has conquered sin and death. So to begin our service tonight, I'd love to invite up Mark Lanting. Uh, He's going to lead us in our call to worship, similarly how we do it on Sunday mornings. Um, It's based out of Psalm 42 uh, and 142. If you're willing and able to, I'd like to invite you to stand and confess our call to worship with us aloud. The words will be up on the screen, and you can read along with me. Our help is in the name of the Lord, who made heaven and earth. Why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you disturbed within me? Hope in God, for we shall praise him, our help and our God. Amen. Thanks, Mark. Um, Well, yeah, would you continue to stand uh, as we uh, worship through singing? Treasure 
seated. As we continue in worship, I'm going to be reading for us Psalm 90, and this psalm reminds us of our frailty. It has themes of repentance and reliance on the Lord, but it's also a psalm invoking God's presence. So as I read this and afterwards as we pray, we're asking God to work powerfully in this time, as well as invoking or calling upon God. However, we also recognize that we do not invite God into this space because God is already here. He's already present. Rather, we celebrate, we praise, and acknowledge his presence here with us right now. So hear the word of the Lord from Psalm 90. Lord, through all generations, you have been our home. Before the mountains were born, before you gave birth to the earth and the world, from beginning to end, you are God. You turn people back to dust, saying, Return to dust, you mortals. For you, a thousand years are as passing a day, as brief as a few night hours. You sweep people away like dreams that disappear. They are like grass that springs up in the morning. In the morning it blooms and flourishes, but by evening it is dry and withered. We wither beneath your anger. We are overwhelmed by your fury. You spread out our sins before you, our secret sins, and you see them all. We live our lives beneath your wrath, ending our years with a groan. Seventy years are given to us, some even live to eighty, but even the best years are filled with pain and trouble. Soon they disappear and we fly away. Who can comprehend the power of your anger? Your wrath is as awesome as the fear you deserve. Teach us to realize the brevity of life so that we may grow in wisdom. O Lord, come back to us. How long will you delay? Take pity on your servants. Satisfy us each morning with your unfailing love, so we may sing for joy to the ends of our lives. Give us gladness in proportion to our former misery. Replace the evil years with good. Let us, your servants, see your work again. Let our children see your glory. And may the Lord our God show us his approval and make our efforts successful. Yes, make our efforts successful. And now, I invite you to pray with me. The words for this prayer will be up on the screen, so let us pray together. Lord, you are here with us, and we praise and acknowledge your steadfast presence, not only in this sanctuary, but in our lives. Teach us, Lord, to count our days that we may gain a wise heart. 
satisfy us in the morning with your steadfast love so that we may rejoice and be glad all our days. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. Thanks, Nolan. So during the season of Lent, uh, repentance and confession are brought to the forefront of how we worship. Uh, And so as we continue to worship, we are going to confess our sins together. Genuine repentance confession involves two things, the dying away of the old self and the coming to life of the new. The dying away of the old self is to be genuinely sorry for sin to hate it more and more, and to run away from it. The coming to life of the new self is wholehearted joy in God through Christ and a delight to do every kind of good as God wants us to. So we're going to pray a prayer of confession together as a church body. But before we do, I want to give you space to practice silence. Uh, I know silence can be a little uncomfortable for some But Ash Wednesday uh, and Lent are intentional seasons uh, for contemplation, stillness, and fasting. There are many reasons to practice silence, uh, but tonight I invite you to still your busy hearts and minds. uh, And open yourself up uh, to hearing from the Holy Spirit. Be assured, though, that the Holy Spirit may bring conviction, but never condemnation to us. So if you are willing I invite you to just take a few moments of silence in the presence of God and of others. And after a couple minutes, I'll come back up. In our busy lives, uh, we 
often forget to just take time uh, to be and to be with God specifically and be with others. So, um, yeah, the hope is that maybe this was the first time of silence, this first moment of, of just you and the Lord um, of many of this Lent season. So, uh, so now I invite you to stand as we continue in our worship together. Um, and as Christ's body in one voice, uh, let's confess our sins and express our longing to live in joyful obedience to God. And again, the words of this prayer will be up on the screen. So I invite you to pray with us. Lord Jesus, today we enter the season of Lent mindful of our sin, our weakness, and our mortality. We confess that we often avoid introspection, reflection, and mindfulness. We do not number our days or consider the brevity of this life. So today, we invite you to humble us, to chasten us, to convict us, bring us low in deep awareness of our fragile and faltering condition. May dust and ashes point the way to joy and gladness through union with your eternal Son. Amen. And now hear the good news of the assurance of the forgiveness of your sins that comes out of Psalm 103. He does not punish us for all our sins. He does not deal harshly with us as we deserve. For his unfailing love toward those who fear him is as great as the height of the heavens above the earth. He has removed our sins as far from us as the east is from the west. The Lord is like a father to his children, tender and compassionate to those who fear him. Our God has removed our sins from us because of his great unfailing love. I declare to you the good news that your sins are forgiven and shame, condemnation, and death now have no power over us who are in Christ Jesus. Amen. I invite you to continue uh, standing as we sing uh, another song together. Just as I am without one plea, but that thy blood was shed for me, and that thou bidst me come to thee, O Lamb of God, I come, I come. Just as I am and waiting not to rid my soul of one dark blot to thee whose blood can cleanse each spot, O Lamb of God, I come, 
Just as I am, Thou wilt receive, wilt welcome, pardon, cleanse, relieve, because Thy promise I believe, O Lamb of God, I come, I come. Just as I am without one plea, but that Thy blood was shed for me, and that thou bidst me come to thee, O Lamb of God, I come, I come. Would you pray with me? Uh, dear Heavenly Father, as we prepare to hear your word, um, would you do something really cool in our hearts tonight? We trust you, Lord, and uh, we pray that you would just work mightily in this time. Would you use Jeff uh, as your instrument? We love you, God, and pray this all in Christ's name. Amen. All right, well, you guys can have a seat. I'm saying this more for me than for you, but it's only about 15 minutes, okay? So, But I want to, I want to, I, I think there's a lot of themes. I mean, Stu and I talked about the service, but then even sitting through the service together and hearing the themes, um, a lot of themes, but I, I'll reiterate maybe in my own words some of the things that Stu has already said and maybe go a little farther. Why, why do an Ash Wednesday service? I mean, we haven't done this, uh, I've been wanting to kind of do this, uh, but uh, I wanted a worship pastor who wanted to lead it, and Stu wanted to do this, so I was like, yeah, let's do it. Uh, but back in 2022, we did a whole year really leaning into the church calendar, kind of preach the gospel text each week that goes with the church calendar. And I grew up never really understood how thoughtful it is and how helpful it can be uh, for our discipleship journey. So if you were with us back in 2022, I said this at least once a month, I think, but some of you weren't there and some of you have probably forgotten, and that's fine. But just to remind you, the church calendar begins uh, just four Sundays before Christmas. It's the season of Advent, and Advent is about waiting on God. Because if you're going to follow Jesus, you are going to go through seasons where you're waiting on I mean, if I had a show of hands, I won't make you do this, but I, I, I bet at least half of you would say, I'm waiting on God right now in this area of my life, right now. You know, you, you, We practice waiting on God, and then Christmas comes, and God arrives in the midst of our waiting, and we experience the yes and amen to all of God's promises in Jesus. And then Christmas shifts in our church calendar into Epiphany, where God reveals himself in pretty extravagant ways. And 
if you're preaching through that, you're always looking at the baptism of Jesus and the transfiguration and some of these incredible stories that just reveal how amazing Jesus is and there's no one like him. But as you go from God showing up in the midst of your waiting into a season where he's revealing himself in Epiphany, you then head into what begins tonight, the season of Lent. Because when God shows up, it is always exciting because <laughs> he's good. But if you're going to stay on the journey and you're following a crucified Messiah who is inviting you to pick up your own cross, you will encounter your own experiences of pain and suffering and loss. And that's what the season of Lent is really meant to help us lean into, to practice, to remind us. And I think we need this reminder, especially in the culture that we inhabit here today. Of course, Lent gives way to Easter uh, because death is overturned. We talked about that on Sunday. And then Easter just quickly flows into Pentecost, and the Holy Spirit is poured out upon us. He fills us for good work. And then most of the church calendar is actually what we call ordinary time, <laughs> because most of our life is ordinary. So that's how the church calendar helps us and what Lent, I mean, that's what it what helps us with. Uh, what I want to do, and Stu just read a couple verses, I want to read all of Psalm 103, because I think, especially for our first Ash Wednesday service as a church family, it, it, it couches all of this in the incredible love and forgiveness of God. <laughs> but what we're focusing on on Ash Wednesday is right there in the middle. So it's couched beautifully in our God's amazing character, <laughs> uh, but it's also a, a good reminder. So I don't have slides, actually. I, just, I really just want you to listen. Uh, very psalm-heavy service tonight, and a lot of that is intentional. It begins, Let all that I am praise the Lord. With my whole heart I will praise his holy name. Let all that I am praise the Lord. May I never forget the good things. May I never forget. We'll talk about remembering a few things at the end. May I never forget the good things he does for me. He forgives all my sins, and he heals my diseases, and he redeems me from death. And then he crowns me with love and tender mercies. He fills my life with good things, and my youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord gives righteousness and justice to all who are treated unfairly. He revealed his character to Moses and his deeds to the people of Israel. And here the psalmist is going to quote from Exodus 34, the Lord is compassionate and merciful, slow to get angry and filled with unfailing love. He will not constantly accuse us nor remain angry forever. He does not punish us for all our sins. He does not deal harshly with us as we deserve. For his unfailing love towards those who fear him is as great as the height of the heavens above the earth. He has removed our sins as far from us as the east is from the west. And then he's going to move into kind of what our Ash Wednesday service is about. But he still... He leans in through the love of God. Verse 13 says this, The Lord is like a father to his children, tender and compassionate to those who fear him. 
for he knows how weak we are. And he remembers that we are only dust. Our days on earth are like grass, like wildflowers. We bloom and we die. The wind blows and we are gone as though we had never been here. And that's, that's what the Ash Wednesday service is about. We'll talk a little bit about that. But he doesn't end there. Verse 17, but the love of the Lord remains forever with those who fear him. Almost opening the door for Easter. His salvation extends to the children's children of those who are faithful to his covenant, of those who obey his commandments. The Lord has made the heavens his throne. From there he rules over everything. Praise the Lord, you angels, you mighty ones who carry out his plans, listening for each of his commands. Yes, praise the Lord, you armies of angels who serve him and do his will. Praise the Lord, everything he has created, everything in all his kingdom. Let all that I am praise the Lord. It's a a good song. Maybe one you want to revisit even on your own later this week. I just want to reflect on a couple things and then kind of launch us into the season of Lent. He calls us to remember a few things. Remember that we are sinful creatures. That we are going to need again and again throughout the course of our lives to be forgiven and reconciled. Remember also not only of what you are made, but who made you. (laughs) This God of unfailing love, gracious and tender. Remember that we are creatures and that our lives are not our own. And remember that we are dying creatures, that we are nothing more than dust, strangely animated and self-aware dust to be sure, but dust nonetheless. Yes, remember that we are dust, but remember it as God remembers it. (laughs) I think that's important. And I think the psalm helps us understand how God remembers it. Each Ash Wednesday, we remember together that we are dust, and to dust we shall return. This practice isn't meant to be morbid. Most of us spend much time and energy trying to avoid the reality that we and those we love will die. But in facing the reality of death, we learn how to live rightly. We learn how to live in light of our limits and the brevity of our lives. And we learn to live in the hope of the resurrection. Of course, we talk about this frequently here at Crossview. You and I have been formed quite a bit by what we call modern-day Babylon. (laughs) And if modern-day Babylon is teaching us anything about our limitations, it's that we should resist them all deny that they're there, do everything we can to overcome any limitation that is set before us. But I don't think that's good for our soul. I think that's why we have psalms reminding us that we are dust, that we are like a flower that blooms and dies and blows away. I mean, if Christ returns before we pass away, well, then we just enter with him into glory but we don't know when he's going to return, so the likelihood is everyone in this room is going gonna, is gonna to die. Um, now, when we die, we'll meet Christ, 
but like Jesus, will pass through death into eternal life. It's okay to be honest about our limitations. And I think when we get honest about our limitations, we can start to admit some things that are really, really important for the health of our soul and the strength of our discipleship journey. When we get honest about our limitations, we can admit that we need God. It's a really basic and simple statement, but we need God. I mean, you're halfway home when you recognize that you need God, and you can say it out loud, I need God. I mean, in many ways, nothing is sadder than to go through life and never really discover what you need. You need God. I need God. We need God. And on Ash Wednesday, we do, we pause and we think about death and we acknowledge that, that once, once we go down into death, we are utterly helpless unless somebody helps us. <laughs> and part of the good news, and we won't fully sit on this tonight, but it'll be waiting for us on Easter Sunday, part of the good news is that Jesus goes into death to save us, to rescue us, to bring us out. We need a Savior. And through the cross, Christ has entered into death and defeated death. We can talk about death. We don't have to be afraid of death because as we've been talking about on Sunday mornings, Christ's life is just too much for death. Uh, the infinity of, of Christ's life overwhelms the finitude of death. <laughs> it's part of our good news. So Ash Wednesday begins the season of Lent, which is our long journey to Easter. It's a season, as we've been saying throughout the course of our service, it's a season for prayer and fasting. It is a season for reflection and repentance. And Lent, in case you're new, Lent is 46 days. So it's 40 days of fasting because, and I'll talk about this in a second, Jesus fasted for 40 days. The whole church calendar is modeled after the life of Jesus. <laughs> I mean, that's, you're, you're meant to walk through the life of Jesus every year. So it's 40 days of fasting because Jesus for, fasted for 40 days. And then there's six days, you'll like this, of feasting. Every Sunday you feast. And that's, it's great. And, and so pa part of the Ash Wednesday service is just to begin this journey of fasting, of preparing ourselves so that, I said this on Sunday, so that Easter doesn't sneak up on you. There's a good chance that if you don't make a plan to honor the season of Lent tonight, you will get so distracted and overwhelmed by everything that's demanding your attention that Easter's just going to sneak up on you, come and go, and you'll miss an opportunity to meet with God and be transformed. Let me say it this way. After his baptism and before his temptation in the wilderness, Jesus fasted for 40 days. And he fasted not to provide an example for us, but to make it possible for our fasting to work good in us. <laughs> Remember what I said. Nothing happens to Jesus except what he wants to happen differently for us. <laughs> So he fasts to make it a, a, a means of grace for us. That's why he does it. And I do believe that if you and I live this season of Lent in the spirit of Jesus' fast, then we will find we are being put in touch with our real needs, not our imagined needs. 
and with our absolute neediness because we need God. I mean, I do hope over the next 46 days you have moments where you can say, I need God. I need God. I need God. So I want to challenge you to consider fasting. You can fa- I remember the first time I did this, I was either in, in middle school or high school, I can't remember, and I fasted from pizza, and I got invited to a birthday party where all they had was pizza, <laughs> and I was kind of proud of myself, if I can say that, for not eating pizza, but I didn't even really understand why I was fasting. I just did it because our church was doing it. I'm inviting you to fast because I want you to meet with Jesus. And because sometimes I think it's good for us in modern-day Babylon to say no to things that we could have. I mean, part of why we fast is we practice saying no to things we could have so we can say yes to the things God wants us to have. It's a huge part of this. So you can fast from food. You can fast from dessert. You can fast from technology. You can fast from social media. You can feast on Sundays but you fast during the weekdays. Or you can get even more creative. Uh, One pastor that I was listening to a while ago ago said he was fasting from complacency. (laughs) I don't know if I can do this, but I've been talking to Jesus. I I kind of want to fast from running away from boredom. (laughs) I'm really good at that. I want to fast from that. I want to lean into boredom over the next 40 days. I don't know. I don't know what that means on my feast day if I just, I don't know, but I'll figure that out. But, but I would love to challenge you to fast from something because Jesus fasted, because it's a means of grace, because it'll prepare you for Easter Sunday. <laughs> Lent is a season of prayer and fasting, of reflection and repentance. And I, I'll just say this and then I'll pray, but Repentance is not a dour word invoking self-hatred. Maybe you were taught that in your past, but it's not. Repentance is a tremendous word of hope because the philosophy of repentance is that you and I can change. It means that we don't have to stay stuck in that which is so deeply dysfunctional in our lives. We can change. The possibility of repentance saves us from despair and this ideology that the way it is is the way it will always be. No, part of what I'm inviting you to do if you choose to say yes to this is to pay attention to those moments of despair. This is the way it is. Will it ever be different? And in those moments say, I need God. I'm ready to change, but I need you to help me change. And that's really, that's really what I'm hoping Lent helps our church move forward and help, helps accomplish in us, in our midst. And along the way again, and this will build and build as we get to Easter, but, 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 but part, of, part of the good news of death is that there's parts of us that need to die so that we can be dead to sin and fully alive to God. Amen? All right, let's let's pray. God, right now, I want to pray less around what is happening right now in the room 
and more around these next 46 days. I actually think it's countercultural for us to choose something that we could have and say no to it simply because we want to grow in our relationship with you. Um, but I think you meet us in those kinds of acts of obedience or acts of sacrifice or acts of devotion to you. And so, Spirit of God, I don't even know that we want to make these decisions alone. I pray that you would guide us, that you would speak us, that you would help us be honest about where we need your help. <laughs> and then you would just walk with us over these next 46 days that we would grow in our relationship with you, that we would become more and more dead to sin. <laughs> all the junk, all the brokenness, the dysfunctionality, we just get it out of us and help us be alive to you. Help us to be aware of your forgiveness. Help us to follow you, Jesus. In your name we pray, amen. Uh, if, if you're willing and able to, uh, would you stand as we sing one final song?
Jesus paid it all, all to him I owe. My sin had left a crimson stain. He washed it white as snow. Jesus paid it all, all to him I owe. My sin had left a crimson stain. He washed it white as snow. He washed it white as snow. He washed it white as snow. Would you pray with me? Uh, Jesus, We want always to remember that you love us, that you died for us, and that you rose from the dead for us. So in the next weeks, help us to remember and help us to trust in you more and more. Amen. Uh, Now I'll send you with these words. Uh, May God, who by his power raised from the dead our Lord Jesus Christ, hold you in his love, surround you with his presence, give you grace for every need, and present you whole and holy in the day of Jesus Christ. Amen. Go in peace, and again, consider yourself dead to sin and alive to God through Christ.